When first being introduced to this philosophy, many asked the question, how do I begin to practice this? And the answer couldn't be more apparent. Communication is where we can begin. Every conversation or interaction presents us with an opportunity to check whether we resonate, not resonate, or sense some resistance in ourselves. With this insight, we can then identify areas that need work and also areas that we may even have experienced some healing if we've been working on it, making this a good way to start the practice. So let's get this conversation started and let's journey. Alexander, uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Diving deeper into this philosophy, and we will be clarifying more ways to utilize this in our everyday interactions and situations. And today we are talking about being conscious in conversations. And this can be uh, in person, you know, at work, uh, with family, or even uh, interacting on a social media site like Facebook where you're reading somebody's uh, response to you and uh, then, you know, you may emote or have a reaction to that. So let's dive in, Alexander. So consciousness in conversations. Yeah, so this is uh, one of my favorite parts of the work and one that I feel like sometimes can be skipped or missed when one is developing ways to change themselves or break habits and that type of thing. And this takes all of the blame away and turns the responsibility in on oneself. And that's what we always need to be looking for to realize that these emotions are our responsibility. So I have, you know, I share at my classes and uh, with private clients that No one can really make you mad and no one can make you sad. No one can evoke these emotions for you. We choose to evoke them. Now, most of us have been trained and we've gone through things in childhood. We've been around uh, maybe overly emotional parents and we have to take all of that into consideration. And traumas, of course, can initiate some of these patterns as well. So I carry the utmost compassion uh, I'm not I'm not belittling the level of people that's been traumatized and dealing with emotions. What I'm suggesting that you just work to step in your power to accept that you carry the power to release that. So I wanted to be want this to, subject in this podcast to be seen as an empowering uh, part of information, so that uh, one can break these patterns even when they've been induced through traumas. And the first three steps of this is to understand that, number one, when we get a response from somebody, when we're engaged with somebody in a conversation, it could be a a conspiracy conversation or it could be about the government or the president or uh, even a sports team, the, the topics are endless. 
we're not always going to run into people that resonate with the same things that we do or the same people or the same causes. And I want to shine the flashlight on this to say that this is okay. This is uh, the way that it was designed to be. And part of the reason that I do the private sessions that I do is to help people see themselves for who they are rather than who they've just been conditioned to be. And many times a person's happiness relies in in that as to whether they feel like they're on their um, so-called soul's journey or or they're off of it. And even some of these conversations could even be in relationships where somebody wants to uh, bring something up to you and maybe even talk about your behavior. And so you almost have like a double a double whammy there where you need to see how what they're saying reacts, but then also think about your behavior, what they're talking about and, and how, uh, you know, uh, interpret your behavior and, and see where that fits in, whether it's something that you want to ultimately change. Yeah. And see, we can use people. There's a certain level of work that we can't do by ourselves. So this is the beauty of relationships and why, This philosophy is based around the acronym JUST, that journeys unite seeking transformation. So we kind of pick, you know, when we find a partner that we want to marry or cohabitate with, it's basically like saying, I choose you to show me all of my darkness and all of my stuff. Because the point is, hopefully, we love that person and we're generating a love. So we know that they're going to activate some of these emotions and the whole point is, is that if somebody that loves you and you love them are activating it, it should be easier for us to see that this is our baggage from the past. It's really not about this situation at hand. And that's another point that I want to bring up is that most emotional reactions have very little to do with the situation at hand. It's connected to many similar reactions or situations throughout one's life. So this is why many people uh, just aren't on the same page when something sets someone off. And normally when someone gets set off, it can be because they've been compounding stuff for months or years, and then the least little thing sets that off. So when we are engaging with people, as I was talking about earlier, the three main ways to view how you are responding or reacting is – that if you resonate with what the person or the situation is uh, exemplifying, then that's beautiful. We, we look for that state of resonance. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we're not misleading each other uh, just because we feel like we uh, see things similarly. We want to make sure that we still uh, challenge each other in a loving way to always be expansive in our view. And we can do that and practice that with somebody that looks at something similar, uh, similarly to us. And it can be fun even to help, help each other stay open-minded, so to say. Then the other way is that you don't resonate with what somebody says or what a cause is about. And with this, if you don't resonate with it, but there's not necessarily any emotional reaction, then you just let that go. Uh, there's no energy there that needs to be um, necessarily stirred up. But this is where many times people will take their view as a dogma and try to prove it to someone else, try to get them to agree with them. And it's a part of our competition and our makeup that we just feel like when we can convert or change someone that we've helped them. 
And I want people to understand that, too, that most of the time when this is being done, it's with good intentions. The other person really feels strongly about their view, and this isn't just in religions, um, because there are certain religions that try to convert, but this is in political parties, it's in social parties, it's in many different types of cliques, and even the individual's mind. So when you don't resonate with something, but you have no emotional reaction, then probably there's a good chance that you don't have any old baggage connected to that subject or that situation. So be thankful for that and respect uh, the other person's view. Now, the third way is if you don't resonate with what they are sharing, but you have a resistance to it. And here's the bingo. So When people talk about doing the work, and I've heard that term now for over 25 years, I'm sure it means many different things, but this is the beginning of the work uh, from my perspective, is recognizing that these emotions are running rampant. And many times we try to resolve that externally uh, by pointing the finger or passing blame when It's really our responsibility to manage our own emotions. So as soon as you recognize that you have a resistance, then do your best to take a time out, um, whether you want to call it going to meditation or stillness or go for a walk outside, whatever you enjoy doing that helps you to center your mind. And when you're in that place, ask, what is this bringing up from my past? And I used an example on myself to share a small story is that now anytime uh, the the arena of competition comes uh, available and in around masculine energy that comes up often um, when you're in that type of energy and somebody wants to challenge you whether that's verbally or through some type of action and you have like this, um, your heart starts racing. You know, sometimes your, your, your palms get a little sweaty. Um, and you want to uh, prove yourself, so to say. I've gone through situations like that in social occasions. And then I'll go inside and I'll say, what is this about? Why do I feel like I need to prove something to this person or to this moment? And with that being said, uh, immediately I go back to when I was um, around 14. uh, I had a brother that was approximately, you know, 13 years older than me. And he carried a lot of power when I was growing up, of course, because uh, he was much larger than I was. So I was able to make the connection that anytime another masculine energy kind of challenges me, that it brings up this old stuff from my teenage years. And I remember the moment where I overcame my older brother and uh, took that power away Um, because at 14 I had gotten enough size to where I was about equivalent to his size at that time. And I remember stopping that. He used to hold my head down on the ground and, and make me give in, so to say. And many siblings and friends play this game. So there wasn't any ill intent. But having that, that struggle of someone holding you down and not being able to do something about it has a kind of scarring uh, action. It's a scarring action. So, And I, I'm using scarring uh, lightly and uh, very intentionally because we can't 
regulate somebody else's scarring and we can't shouldn't justify our actions in it so in that rather than me going in to spar with that person that's challenging me in this social situation i choose to go inward and go into some forgiveness uh to my brother and go into reminding my inner self that that's not who we are anymore there's nobody that is uh, forcing their power on us here. This is all elective. And so talking and working with these emotions is very similar to speaking with children. You have to tell them over and over and over. So I like to share with people to look at your emotions like a little child. And you don't just tell a five-year-old child to not touch the hot stove once. You have to tell them over and over and over. And we have to remember that our subconscious is very similar to this. So having these in, inward dialogue type conversations, uh, reminding yourself that this is not that way back then. This is a new experience and that we're an adult now rather than um, a child or an adolescent. And uh, when we work with ourselves internal then those challenges or that competition as it keeps coming my way affects me less and less. Because the more we heal from the past, the less situations need to be uh, created in the present to bring those emotions up so that we can work on them. And this is where I get into you know just choosing to view everyone as playing roles and uh, choosing to see people that they're playing roles in me to help me uh, to do my healing and the work that I need to do. And I've proven this over now almost 25 years. And this is why I love sharing this work with people and seeing them, uh, you know, create the friction, but create it inside rather than outside. And this is different from creating friction through guilt or blaming yourself or anything like this. This is a beneficial creation of friction similar to working out the physical body and going through that friction of not wanting to and pushing yourself beyond those limits of the physical body. And that's all I'm mentioning and suggesting here is make your internal work like a workout that you just work with every day. This seems like the easiest way to start and practice this philosophy every day. Even, you know, even if this is your first time, you can utilize conversations. And, and I think most of us have at least one conversation a day, whether it's live or on social media. And you can also utilize it as a measurement to see how far along you are in your healing process on a certain topic. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the most uh, rewarding things is to realize that you may never truly uh, get rid of an emotion or completely heal it because I have seen uh, that sometimes even years will pass and you won't have any challenges in that certain arena and then something will pop up out of the blue. And I happen to have a female friend back around maybe eight years ago and she told me that she had never had to deal with jealousy in her whole life. And I was impressed with that, and she really carried an energy of no competition, no jealousy. She was very giving. And, um, but after she had met this, uh, this gentleman and spent about a year with him, uh, she realized that she was carrying a vibration that she hadn't experienced before. And you know, I helped her to see that she was... Uh, caring for this person possibly at a much deeper level. And in the past, um, you know, she didn't connect at that level. So there wasn't as much of a challenge of that being taken away and, and that jealousy coming up. 
and it wound up being a very big obstacle for her. And uh, she wound up leaving the the relationship because of it, uh, mainly because of the fear of losing it and what that would do to her. So she chose to go, and this was her method of operation and her her design as far as the cards and the human design went. It was a pattern that she chose to continue uh, doing instead of handling it in a different way. And so we don't judge any time, you know, any of us fail. Remember that failure is just an opportunity to grow. So there's no judgment here, but uh, timing plays a big role in when we truly heal things. And uh, the timing is sometimes dictated by the amount of practice that's put in. And using that as an example, if that were me or, or anybody else, utilizing this work and, and you have a saying you can only love as deeply as you're willing to suffer right. in that situation she or you know if it was I looking back on myself I wasn't willing to suffer that deeply so I wasn't able to love to that yeah and that's where I have observed most of our culture is is that um, we're basically being trained to only love to a certain level because so much fear is promoted in our culture so people are looking, trying to satisfy themselves with this certain level, which is uh, fairly shallow. But when they, the person leaves or they break the friendship up or the marriage or whatever, then there's not as much pain. And this is the, the so-called one of our free wills of this earthly plane is we can go as deeply as we want to in most any direction. And this is why... Working on ourselves internally to see things more clearly or consciously is what helps us to step into those realms of these deeper levels of love and work with trust and all of these higher values. Um, A lot of that begins with this level of being able to understand and see clearly how we are processing things as they come in through these senses of ours and that these senses of ours get skewed when we're emotional and then our experience is recorded in our mind that's like a computer and then that becomes our so-called truth when our view of what happened isn't necessarily what really happened this is why we have to i feel like work towards stop getting caught up in the words that people are using and be more interested in their intention And this is getting closer to uh, conscious communication. And uh, most of us have an art developed that we can tell what someone is saying. And we do this very well when we're speaking with somebody that's limited in our language. So, see, I know that everybody, most everybody carries this power to be able to truly see what somebody's trying to say. But when a word is used that someone has an association from, they just shut down or they react and they stop that intentional uh, trying to understand what that person is saying. And this is another reason why in past podcasts, you you beautiful people have heard me mention to view people through eight-year-old goggles. That's not saying to demean them, but normally, like I've said in the past, if someone's talking to a five to eight-year-old, they're trying to A, understand and truly uh, get clear on what the child is intending to say, maybe not so much focusing on the words. So here's where we already practice this innately, 
is with small children and people that don't speak the same language. And all I'm suggesting is try to take that technique and then use it with every single body that you uh, come in contact with. This way, you'll get less distracted by your reactions to certain words and stay more in a flow and holding your vibration because you're truly interested in the communication, not the words. You mentioned that society has kind of conditioned us to not want to love that deeply and because of uh, the fear of being hurt. So is that saying that, and I, I think this could be uh, going off course and I, I don't want to go too off course. And, and sure. so let's just give a, a simple answer and maybe we need to expand on it uh, at another time. It's almost like uh, emotional pain is seen as something bad and not to go there. And if you're like, like, so people avoid that in our culture or like culturally it's seen as wanting, like pushed to avoid. So uh, do you have anything to say upon that? Yeah, that's, uh, I'm so glad you brought that point up because one of the main uh, issues with that is that we've basically been taught through our different generations to stuff our emotions, to suck it up, move on, uh, you know, to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, all of these types of sayings that's, that's mainly like get over it and move on. And I even had my, you know, lovely mother after, um, you know, my wife had passed and it had been about two years and I was still going through a lot of what I thought was physical pain, which was emotional pain. My chest hurt excruciatingly bad. And she said, uh, son, it's been two years. You should be over this by now. But at the same time, she couldn't even comprehend the level of love that I developed with this person. But she could only we all only understand to the level we've had the experience. So when two people are talking about either love or death, um, these polarities, one's uh, descriptions and understanding is not dictated by the definitions of the words they use. It's dictated by their experience. So somebody that's experienced a lot of death talking to someone that maybe hasn't experienced any death, they're talking about the same subject, but they're seeing it completely different. And this is what is helpful in all communications and conversations is that uh, it is that intention that is important of what they're trying to get across. And the fact that, you know, there's so much negativity stimulated in our uh, culture, our media and that type of thing. This is where to remember that you do carry the power. You have the free will of how much to listen to that or not. And yes, bad things go on every day. We can live in acceptance of that. We don't need it put in our face constantly because that isn't helping anybody from what I see. But if you can go uh, be a steward of change in any direction for anyone and you can do it in a non-emotional state while not stuffing your emotions, you're going to be more effective almost all of the time. So this is why to work toward that and to realize that, you know, when you're in when you're in harmony, it's not about just about what you are attracting in from the people that follow like a law of attraction views, but it's what you're prepared to deal with. And so that's why I'm mentioning uh, I mentioned to, you know, pay attention to your vibration 
and work to hold that vibration. And as challenges come in through your day and you start to see frustration come in or sadness or something like that, have a talk to that little child. Get to yourself. Have a talk to that little child. Know that it more than likely wasn't the person's intention that said something to upset you. They just flipped a switch of some old baggage that you have. And once again, we'll bring up that the, you know, as the, in the private sessions or in group classes, we help people break down to understand just who is taking on other people's emotions uh, in an empathic way and who's dealing with their own. And we're all always sharing and passing around uh, energy. So uh, this is just one of the ways to help see that on a, uh, in a visual is through this human design system. And uh, we discuss and accept the way that all types, you know, uh, handle things differently. So to get back to the conversation at hand, conversations, to summarize what we talked about, every conversation gives you the ability to do three things. Either you resonate with what the person is saying, you don't resonate, and you just kind of leave it at that, but you don't have an emotional reaction, or you sense some kind of resistance. And so I wanted to ask you, Alexander, if, if maybe we could give an example of a conversation for each one of those and so people can see an example of the response. As you were discussing that or asking that question, uh, I was doing my best to allow something to come in that you and I had experienced together. And we did discuss um, watching a, a football game in the recent past where our teams were playing each other and how we utilized that in a similar manner to this because it was a you know it's a catch-22 I used to be extremely competitive and even in watching uh, my teams I took it very personal and I went into that day um, because I don't I don't really watch a lot of sports anymore or keep up with it uh, did it mainly to have conversations with my sons that live in Hawaii and uh, then we kind of developed a, a language around it and have enjoyed that but when you're watching something like that from a more conscious perspective, if Aaron's team, the Chargers, you know, intercepts the the football from my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, then that has the opportunity to make me upset. Um, but at the same time, I'm interested in being there with a friend, and I want him to enjoy himself. So I make the effort to for that to be more important to see my friend enjoying themselves than for me to get what I want from this television that I or he has no influence over um, anyway. So this is where, you know, looking at these different things and if that interception happened and I started to feel this frustration or this this anger at my team or want to project that I saw uh, a cheating move or something like that to try to justify it. So much energy could have been wasted between Aaron and I of uh, seeing that, of course, from two different perspectives because we have a preference. And see, because normally in this example with sports, if you have an opposing, um, if you're an opposing fan of two different situations or people or teams, then you are. As soon as you have a preference, you are not seeing it clearly, and that's why. In order to now enjoy sports from a different perspective, I enjoy it from clarity and non-preference, and that way I can enjoy certain players, I can enjoy certain plays, I can enjoy so much more from so many different teams, so many different players, because I'm not stuck in that dogma of defending 
my so-called team. So that's just one like easy example. Another example might be that I go to a social situation that somebody has invited me to and we get there and there may have been something that was um you know, promised like a, a certain level of clean food that was going to be there or, or maybe gluten-free or something like that, uh, maybe catering to certain people's sensitivities, and then might get there, not eat, planning on that, and then realize that uh, it's not actually like that. Now, I have, once again, the opportunity to get upset, feel like somebody has um, lied to me, feel like somebody judged them, that they didn't follow through with what they said. See, all that takes a lot of energy. Or I can just say, oh, well, this is the way that this was supposed to be, and I need to remember to never allow myself to go hungry, to always make sure that I'm feeding myself uh, properly throughout the day and not depending on what someone else says for my own uh, nourishment. So then I go, you know what? Thank you for that lesson. You helped remind me not to depend on others for my nourishment. And so so then moving forward, that's just a little reminder. There's no negativity that's projected. Uh, choose to see them as a teacher and a reminder. And then many times what will happen is that person will come up and apologize very, very intently. Um, but there's no need for it because you've already let it go. And see, that's what allows people to come to you to try to get to that resolve is when you stop the energy of that negative frictional, whether it's anger or frustration or that energy is going out, uh, you actually can create a receptive response um, because all these situations are just opportunities for us to grow ourselves. So those are a couple of examples. Do you have anything to add to those? Well, I, I did want to present an example of a conversation, and you can give me an example of what a response would look like in the individual who resonates with it who doesn't resonate with it, and then who has resistance. If you're okay with it, I'm going to purposely say something that may trigger some people, and, and I just want to let everybody know that you or I don't have a preference in this, and this is just reality. But if somebody came up to this, this person in this example and said, Donald Trump is awesome, what's an example of somebody who would resonate with that? What kind of response would that, whether it's internal or, or external? Um, you know, I think the uh, resonant response would be first off agreement and then probably add something to it like, uh, yeah, I really feel like he's uh, turning this country around. And then that that resonance many times can create a bond, an instant bond right away of two people that are complete strangers or that would never, ever even associate uh, before. So we have to w look out for that that influence. And some of us are very influenced to. Uh, go against our own true nature to just be accepted in that way. So when you're in that resonance, make sure that even when you're saying that you're in resonance, you're not really in resistance. You just don't want to, you want to avoid the confrontation of not being in resonance. But if you're in resonance uh, right away, you know, like I said, it feels good and you probably add something to uh, what was said. Okay. And then uh, an example of somebody who doesn't resonate but doesn't have a resistance? Uh, that may be somebody that doesn't follow politics at all. And, uh, you know, when that's said, the secondary person may just be like, well, I think the same of him as I did, you know, Bill Clinton, um, of uh, Barack Obama, um, Jimmy Carter. Uh, I just view them all the same. 
um, as puppets or whatever, and this may be some of the conspiracy thinking type people or people that are just starting to get into self-development work, uh, one of the first steps is realizing that the external world isn't what we've been led to uh, see, and uh, the internal world is very similar. And and even that the external world doesn't have to have as much power as we used to give it. Right, right, and we determine that. And, um, you know, and then if you— if you meet somebody and you have a major uh, resistance when they do say something like bringing up the president's name or something, then that's truly for you to to look at in inside and to see that more than likely what your perception of that they represent, um, there's some traumas or some healing that needs to be done in your life to release that so that this now figure, uh, Trump, doesn't create this uh, energy in you when they speak or when the media uh, talks about them or when you meet somebody, um, you know, in a social situation. Because the key is to realize that you don't want these other people's opinions to affect you because the point is to ha- is to be able to hold your vibration. And what I akin this to is reminding people that Mahatma Gandhi helped free a whole nation of slavery from doing nothing except holding his vibration. And he even went to the step to say, you know, we're going to sit here in stillness and in um, rebuttal of what they are uh, about, which was uh, enslavement. And he said, but they're going to come and they're going to hit you over the head and we are not going to strike back. And that was amazingly powerful to be able to hold a vibration that strong to where hundreds or thousands of people would hold that vibration with you with that threat of their physical body. Now, I'm not here to defend Mahatma Gandhi or any other teacher that I bring up uh, their whole life and what they were about. I am just sharing uh, teachers and what they had to exemplify more than just teach. And he was an example of this. And he practiced it, and he lived, you know, with the people um, that were were doing this as well. And they wound up within his lifetime freeing that nation from slavery. So it's not always about what you're doing. It's very, very rarely, if ever, about the reaction. It is, however, about your response. And when your response is able to be non-emotional, it is so much more powerful. And we need to keep you know, passion. Sometimes people say, you know, well, I'm just passionate about that. And we have to be careful because passion is a type of emotion. So once again, if you're too charged about something, just realize that you're going to attract an energy that wants to compete with that. So that's why so many uh, great teachers have spoken so highly on humility and the power of that, because it's not what you can prove that you can do. It's what that you know and you're knowing that you can do and don't have to exemplify it in certain situations. It's about holding that vibration, people. So tap in, set your vibration, and then prepare for the world to bring you challenges. Smile at those challenges. Bow to them because they're helping you to uh, heal from your past. And the more of this that you release from the past, as I said earlier, the less situations have to be brought in for you to be challenged with. Now, Alexander, that was a good a good summarization towards the end of this episode of the podcast. But I did want to bring up uh, if you are the person 
starting the conversation and noticing an emotional reaction in somebody, uh, what would you then do on the other side of the fence? Yes, great question. So, you know, we want to bring this back to the five external questions in social engagements and one internal search. And we'll expand on this in the future. And we have talked about it in past episodes. Episode one. Episode one. And this is, you know, the who, what, when, where, how, and why. And so as soon as we feel an emotional reaction uh, starting to um, bubble up, you know, these are the kind of the steps that help to maintain that emotional fire from running rampant. And that is simply internally asking, you know, the who, is this the right person to be talking about this subject to? And then you say yes or no. If it's no, then you can stop right there. But if you go to yes, then, you know, the what, is this the right subject to be talking to this person about? And as I said, as soon as you hit a no, that is a good sign to not continue to engage on that subject. Next is the when. Is this the right time to discuss this subject? Then it's where. Is this the right place or surroundings to discuss this subject? And then it's how. Is this the right technique of communication to get this subject across? If you're not asking these internal questions, the resistance is just building. They may still be talking. You can do this internal checklist while they're talking. That way they're not fueling your emotional reaction. You've cut that valve off. So this is how to change that energy. And then the one internal search is the why. The why is this happening is where we go internal and go into that. I'm going to find out why this person is challenging me in a competitive way, and it's making me feel this much um, angst and possible frustration and anger. Oh, this is connected to my brother holding me down when I was 12 and 13 years old. So I've got work to do with him, not necessarily this situation at hand. We want to accept that this work is a process, and it's something that you have to practice because, remember, you've been trained to handle things a certain way for a long, long time. And with this philosophy and other philosophies that are out there and other religions, there's other things that people are practicing, but we need to be gentle and be easy on ourselves and realize that we are still children inside and we need to be told things over and over and over. Therefore, we need to give compassion toward people that we have to repeat ourselves to over and over and over. So keep being yourselves, beautiful people. Know that every one of you is special and what you have to offer is special. And the one main thing to remember is that nobody can do what you do the way that you do it. So go out there and shine your light, beautiful people. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. 
As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E dot com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander theme clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.